Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's podcast is your boy Scott Burks. This is, of course, the Clown Hour, and this is the podcast component, uh, I should say partner of my sports blog called The Clown Times. It's all fixed up, redone, renovated, all that good stuff. But anyway, you can check me out at www.theclowntimes.net. That's Clown Spell of a K, by the way. And you can find me on Facebook where you're on your smartphone, laptop, desktop, mainframe, wherever you are. Just go to the search one and type in the clown ties again. That's clowns with a K. You'll be able to find me there as well. Got a little bit to get into tonight. We got the French Open that just started this week. As well, we're going to get into the NBA Finals and NBA Playoffs. Pretty much picking out predictions. I forgot to do a damn preview on my blog today. I'll probably do it tonight and get it published tomorrow morning. But at any rate, uh, we're going to start with the top. We're going to, since I'm a gentleman, I'm going to go ladies first here. We're going to Get my favorite tennis person back in here. Y'all know her from Reels Tennis Fans Podcast on YouTube. Here's my friend, the one and only, Janina Reed. What's up, homie? It's been a while. How you doing? Hey, hey. It's been a minute. Thanks for having me back. Hey, hey. You're a brave man. Um, I'm a brave man. (laughs) You know I couldn't let the savage stuff not be on the show, right, during this time. You know I got to have your savageness back here. You, yeah, I hope you do know that. So It wouldn't be a true tennis preview without you gracing the press. So anyway, before we get started, so tell us how the show is going so far, what you guys get into in your podcast. So we just did our pre-Grand Slam event live draw show. Uh, we recorded okay. that last Friday night. Uh, you can find that on mm-hmm. YouTube, Podbeans, iTunes, all the, you know, regular places you get your podcast. You know, we always do a theme. So we did one hit wonders in honor of Federer's one lonely French Open title. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So let me ask you this. I, I, I'm sure you guys behaved on your podcast, right? I'm sure you were y'all in your best behavior. And and, 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 and and didn't get to and not get into too much savagery. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> As you tap your nose, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> not <me>. uh, <laughs> anyway, let's get to it, sis. Um, well, before we get to the French Open itself, tell me if you will, if you don't mind about <clears throat> about how you felt like the it, it could be the stars or whatever how. How this, how some of the well-known tennis players have been faring leading up to this to this tournament. You know, there you know, the plenty of um, quote-unquote tune-up, 
performance, uh, like if you will, and like like where the stars playing before they get to the tournament it first open itself. So, give me your thoughts on how some of the 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 the, the main draws, if you will, have how have they been performing leading up to the month or so to the French Open? If you if you just get a quick, so, get a quick synopsis of, of what to look for. I mean, we know that clay season is rough and a dull season, and this has been a clay season yep. thus far, unlike any we have seen. He went into Roland Garros with right. only one title. That is highly unusual. Um, he lost to people that you wouldn't expect him to lose to minus Novak. But you don't even always expect that. But we do know that Novak can give him a good ass cooking, even on clay. So it's always appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he lost to a young Greek, uh, Stefanos Sissipas. That was weird. Um, and like mm-hmm. I said, it's just really weird that Rafa would go into Roland Garros without win- winning every tournament leading up to it. So in that regard, um, it's been a little bit bizarre. And also with the return of Roger Federer, we haven't seen Roger Federer on clay in almost, it's been almost four years. So that was a little bit of a shakeup. So it was interesting to see him back. Uh, He, you know, he is playing well. Um, Novak seems to be getting back on form. Um, so as far as the women, you, you never know what the hell's going on with the women. I mean, people that, you know, it, it's just, you got to kind of sit back and enjoy the ride. Um, I, I've got nothing on the women. They're all over the place. Anybody can win. <laughs> people that you thought were maybe going to win are pulling out because they are vomiting and have diarrhea all night or, you know, whatever, <laughs> lingering injuries. And and then you right. always have the Serena factor. I mean, she doesn't right. hardly play tennis anymore, but she still manages to keep herself inside of the top ten, and she looks good. So you know, you never yeah. count her out. Well, let me ask yeah, you. Yeah, so the lead up Serena. to Clay's been weird. Yeah, and we touched on this in the past, but. Given that Serena is you know, post childbirth, obviously, and was she like thirty-seven years old or something? That thirty-seven years. Yeah, old, something and like still, that. And, and still keeps up a tip-top shape, and is still top ten. Is it to your point? You said you had quote had nothing when it came to women's side. As if not to say, like it's so damn unpredictable. Is it? Do you attribute that just to the to the? I don't want to call it weakness of the women because it's not that, but to have a, a, a 37, 38 year old woman still dominate, does it speak more to the strip or the quality of the women's field or it's just sure, it's well, that damn great stuff? She's that great. In the women's field, yeah. it's not weakness. They have a lot of depth. So when she's not around, uh-huh. the playing field at the top is more equal. But when she is around, she's that much better than everyone else. So that takes away from how good other people are because she really is head and shoulders above everyone. Her C game is going to beat a lot of people's A game on any given day. Mm. So you just have to keep that in mind. And you also have to remember how tennis works as far as point accumulation you accumulate your ranking the year before. So right now, okay. Serena is 
in a position, you know, she's defending points from last year. And if she plays a tournament that she did not play last year, then she can gain points. And that's how players mm. move up and down the rankings. So when you have a player like Serena, who tends to only play the biggest tournaments, the biggest tournaments are the ones that reward you with the most points. So if you play sure. the big stuff and you win it, it really bumps up your ranking, whereas someone can play smaller tournaments and win every single one. Probably not every single one. I'm exaggerating. But they can win a lot, and they're not going to touch uh, Serena because they're just not right. they're not getting the points. So, you know, tennis is, tennis is heavily weighted on what's worth what. It's not equal at all. So I understand that. Smaller tournaments or, or less points. So that's that's really you know so it is it's a combination of her really just being that much better than everyone and her choosing wisely what and when she plays. Nice, nice. I I totally get that. So so speaking of so we'll start with the women's side since we spent some time there. Um, I know it's it's obviously very early. It's like the first round shit <laughs> on both sides. Yeah. Both draw, yeah. But. but Give me a, just just give me give first but first of all outside of the the big names like the Serena's and the Naomi uh, Osaka's and, and whatnot on the women's side and the, you know slow dare I say Sloan Stevens and a few others if if I would if, if I would answer the question do not be surprised to see blank contending possibly one at all who would that answer who would those answers be Oh my God the, so listen. Let me let me tell Uh-oh. you something. <laughs> my draw is already shit. I filled it out. I did all the way to the finals. Yeah. I do a lot of it with my heart as opposed to my head. But, you know, sometimes uh-huh. I'm like, okay, I know this person. Like, you know, I was really good, happy about the return of Svetlana Kuznetsova, but she's a former French Open champion. You never count out a former champ. But she's coming back from injury. Right. She hasn't played in a long time. But she's already out. I thought for sure she'd at least get one or two rounds. And I'm like, damn, bitch, you're done already. (laughs) Venus, gone. I thought Venus would win her first first round match was tricky. Well, she was, but she already lost. Um, She she played against um, a Ukrainian planer, Elena Stolina, who – uh-huh. is returning from injury. She's not played at all. I don't uh, – I, I mean, Elena's been out for, like, six weeks. Now, had she come into the tournament strong and healthy, I would give that match you – know, and it being on clay, I would give that match to Svitolina every time. But I thought for sure, nope, Venus has this one in the bag. Nope, she's gone. You know, I thought – I'm looking at uh, Venus's section of the draw, and I thought, you're you're going to get to the second week. Um Angelique Kerber, gone, just yeah. gone. Like she's a she's wow. a champ. You know, I wouldn't have been surprised to see her. Um, Caroline Wozniacki, gone. Uh, Elise or no, um, Kiki uh, Medelovich, a French girl who who would have been a a, a dark horse pick. Um, somebody that could have caught fire and and you know I I wouldn't have been surprised to see her in the in the uh, business end of the tournament. Gone. I mean, they're all just cause I don't know, Scotty. I don't know. <laughs> so you're like, fuck it. 
<laughs> you're like me in the, in the NCAA tournament. You know, it's like, especially this past tournament where I just got my ass kicked. I'll say that in, 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 on that. But, wow, you just came up with just goose eggs, essentially. So, it's, it's just, basically, you've got I guess, a lot of pay- players only, uh, losing. Oh, sorry. you got a lot of people losing no, 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 unexpectedly. No, 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 and yeah. um, you got you like I said, there's there's been a, a, at least one that I'm sure of who has withdrawn due to uh, illness, and it sounds like it, it was a gastro illness. That makes me nervous. That makes me think that there's something going on mm. with the food, or there's something viral going around. And typically, when you see somebody pull out of a tournament who got sick out of nowhere, it tends to you know yeah. go through. Every, these people are together all the time. They typically stay in the same hotels. They practice together. They eat together. You know, right. so that's kind of like, oh fuck, who's going to get sick next? And and the Damn. person that went through today this illness, you know, could have been somebody that could have went really deep. So yeah, I I tried to go over my draw before I sat down to to talk with you, and I I started crossing out the players that have already lost. And mind you, we're the French Open starts on a Sunday, so their first round matches are spread over three days. So we're still today should right. have been the wrap up of all round one matches. All these crossed yeah. out names I got. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, You're like, god damn it! You're like crossing all these lines out, the players out. Like, what, it's like why bother, right? It's like why bother? Pretty much. So you say you pick with your heart and sometimes stay up your head. So do you do you try to like are you do you do like NCAA tournament style and try to pick out the the upsets on like pretty much no, I'm like not, trending how players are trending or okay. No. I I'm not I'm not big on upsets. I'm on the women's side. Um on the men's side uh-huh. I like to try to pick up up pick out some upsets. Um uh yeah, I I don't <clears throat> on the women's side is where I tend to go with my heart more. Like you know, I mean I I've, I've got Serena going all the way to the end because even though she hasn't played in umpteen years, you got to right. beat her. You still got to beat her. You know, so right. Whatever. She probably won't be there, but <laughs> I always shoo her into a final. <laughs> oh man, always. that's so funny. Um, so speaking of. Tell the Americans, you got Sloan, I mentioned her earlier, Sloan Stevens, you got Coco Vanderway, you have Madison Keys and company. I don't think Coco's playing. Do you playing. expect any of these? I'm sorry, what was that? I don't think Coco's playing. Oh, she's not? She took oh, okay. an internship at the White House. Uh-oh. Oh, that's no, I'm right. kidding. Yeah, because of... <laughs> 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 she's just lying to nothing Uh <laughs> I don't think she's playing, though, but I have no idea why. Okay, so how do you think the Americans look okay? Yeah. They look all right. Um, uh, The the girl, Danielle Collins, who made a run at the U.S. Open um, last fall, uh, she got an unexpected win. I, I never really expect too much from Americans on clay in general. That's just not their forte. Sloan Stevens really likes clay. Um, so she tends to do well there. I remember she was in the final last year and she lost to Simona Allop. I think I could be wrong about that, but I don't think I am. Um, so I expect her to do well. Madison keys, Madison keys can do well anywhere because she can hit so such a hard ball. 
Um, her draw mm-hmm. isn't horrible, and given you know the upsets that we've already seen, she may have she may have some uh, opportunity here. Um, and again, mm. you know, there's Serena, so we'll see. Serena and um, Serena and Madison could meet um, in the beginning of the second week, I think it is, should they both stay. Mm. But Madison, uh, Madison Keys is going to come up against some people who who were born on clay. So I don't know how that's going to work out for her. Mm. But, yeah, for, I mean, just in general, I don't, I don't expect too much from American women on clay. Probably Serena and Sloan have the best shot. To do well okay. here. So so well I guess because Serena's case Serena's case as well, she she can hit a damn ball. She well, she can hit a hard ball as well. Um Yeah, she could just do whatever. Any, <laughs> it, yeah, pretty much. Is there any woman who could stop the Osaka train? Because I think Naomi she's one like she has two majors in the back pocket, right? And so I, you know, she has like the the U.S. Open in, I think, the Australian, is that right? Or am I thinking of something else? Um, yes. Yes, you are correct. And okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, you know, unless this person loses or already lost and I just missed it, there is a player that she could come up against um, in the round of uh, 32. Um, her name is Sakari. They okay. both strike the ball really hard. She's a Greek player. Um, that could be interesting. Osaka, I, that that could be interesting. That could be a hiccup for her. I don't know huh. if it's an, if Sakari has enough of a game to win it, but she might get a set. But Osaka can have um, a meltdown at any given moment and beat herself. So, you know, the biggest obstacle for her is herself. Hmm. Well, because I noticed that in the first match, she she was she lost the first set with a, I mean she she like she got a goose egg in the first set before winning the the last uh-huh. two. Um, yeah. So to your point, yeah, I mean I could have, I mean there she is as a top seed, going down six love, to like Anna Carolina. I can't pronounce her last name, so I'm not going to try it. Um, but you know she she bounced back. So to your point, right. yeah, I I could see that happening. Uh, but that's that's yeah, pretty interesting. So. so, who has the best? So aside from that young lady you mentioned, who else? If there's any of the big, the quote unquote big names have a shot of taking out Osaka, or is this just going to be Naomi's tournament pretty much to lose? Well, Osaka and Serena are in the same part of the draw. They're in the same top quarter, so they would meet each okay. other if they play by seed. Then they'll meet each other in the quarterfinals or the no, yeah, the quarterfinals. Oh, they'll meet. Um, so that's, you know, that's gonna, that's gonna be something to look for. Um, I expect Simona Halep, last year's champion, to come out of the bottom, her or Petra Kvitova. Uh, she's been doing really well this year. Um, so we'll see. Petra can trouble Serena. Uh Um, Halep, I would, Halep is... Halep is just, she's like, she just makes you play forever. She, she's little, she's quick, 
and she just makes you hit like ten extra balls. She gets to stuff that mm. you know people don't get to, and she just wears you down. Um, I don't, I, I don't know what to expect. If uh, I would think Serena would win that because she wouldn't meet Serena or Osaka until the semifinal if they all get that far. So for me, if Serena gets that far, she's playing really well. So she wins. That's right. my take. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I don't, listen, <laughs> I don't care about the women. <laughs> what? Yes. What? I Come don't. On. You have a bizarre. No, it's true. I really don't. <laughs> I care about a handful of them. But as a whole, I don't care. Well, the the listen, full disclosure, I just fucking hate clay. Like I'm annoyed that I even have to watch it because I mean I, I gotta watch it because I gotta be able to talk about it. Um I don't like it. It's slow, it's long, and it gets on my nerves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Given that it gets to your damn nerves, so who do you have winning? You, like who do who you have taken taken home the crown this early in the game? Obviously, this changed next week depending on the upsets. But who do you have so far winning the women's draw? Of this well, you know, I, I'm just I'm, I'm going to say that it's either going to be Serena or Halep. Okay. Interesting. Hello. Is it? Um, Who's so, so your pick? Most, Who do you got? Um, I want to say Serena so bad, but I mean, to me, whoever wins the Osaka Serena match is going to win the whole. It's, it's going to win the whole thing, and I think. You think so? Osaka's on a roll. I think. I think Osaka's on a roll. I think she. I think she got over that mental hurdle. Um, a long, a, I don't want to say a long time ago. It seems like a long time ago, but I think she's over that hump. Winning like you just the, talked uh, about her the, losing her opening set six love, and you're telling me she's over I the mental that. hurdle. Pick I know one. That. <laughs> you're, you're correct. You're absolutely correct. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Maybe she knocked off some rust. Maybe she remembers that she is Naomi Osaka, the queen bee, top top oh, seed, top rank. <laughs> okay. So I'm okay. trying to put together an analysis here. I'm yeah. Hey, you know what? Here. You might be yeah. right. Ah, there you go. Damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but seriously, I, I I think she, I think Osaka's uh, the the winner of Osaka Serena semi in the quarterfinals weather would be a winner of or not a finalist at least a finalist. Uh, I was going to ask you: Is are Sloan and Halep in the same side of the draw? That's, no, that's, they are not. Um, they could okay. actually meet in the final if all plays oh, well for both yeah. of them. Yeah. Well, there you go. We could get a re. There you re- go. We could. So know. since you don't give a damn about the women's side, let's go to the men's right quick. Um, I mean, I don't know that I care about here. them either. Oh, you don't care about anything. What's going on? No, that's not true. That's not true. Well, I'll tell you, because I was a little bit excited about the men. Um, There's a young 18-year-old Canadian. His name is Alex. He has lots of names. Um, Agur Alassime or something like that. I think it's French. Okay. Um, Yeah, he withdrew. 
and he oh. could have really wreaked havoc on this draw. Um, he was in a nice section of the draw. Um, he could have went deep, and ugh, it was such a disappointment to see him pull out. Uh, he had a groin injury. He actually played a final um, against Benoit Pierre um, last week, and he injured himself in um, I think we'll see. Could be lesson learned. Um, a lot of people think that he should have um, not completed that match, but he chose to, and yeah, now he can't play a major. Um, Novak took a pretty good beatdown to Rafa in a tune-up event to the French Open, but Novak likes to play possum. Um, he will give mm-hmm. up a major, or he will give up a. A, a smaller title to see how someone's playing and if they have any new tricks under their sleeves <laughs> and then show up in a grand slam and kick your ass. Ask better. He does it to him all the time. <laughs> so uh, there's <laughs> that. Um, Dominic's team, he could, <laughs> he's unreliable, but he has wins against top players, including Rafa um, on clay. Um, there's a young Greek guy. His name is Stefanos Sisipas. He's got a win over Rafa on clay. He is in Federer's part of the draw. Um, oh. Federer <clears throat> and Rafa are on the same side of the draw, so if they were to meet, that would be a semifinal oh, and more than likely okay. a Federer beatdown. I mean, we don't expect anything from Federer on clay. However, I don't think Federer expects right. too much from himself, which could be extremely dangerous for those that he's playing against. Um, so let me ask you, go ahead, sorry. So I just, I really think, um, I really think the person that could have done the most damage unexpectedly is actually not here. Um, the other ones who could, we've got Alexander Zverev, the young German. He just doesn't seem to perform well in Grand Slams. He's got some Masters 1000 titles under his belt. He's got wins over these top players, but when it comes to the Grand Slams, he doesn't typically make it to the second week. I don't know that he's ever made it to the second week ever. So mm-hmm. I, I just, it's it's tough. Um, I expect the winner of the men to be Rafa Nadal or Novak Djokovic. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I was going to ask you that question. Is, is anyone outside the OG top three, as I call it, the OG three, Gonna win it, and so I guess the answer is hell no. Uh, no, they're not. I, I think Dominic team. I, I, Dominic team maybe could, but here's the thing: if Dominic team gets himself mm-hmm. to the final, then he has to beat Novak. Okay, he'll. I mean, I'm I'm just mm-hmm. writing him into the semifinal. I don't know who the hell's gonna stop him. Sure. Novak could run run sure. into Fabio Fonini. Fabio could beat him. I don't expect it. He only cares to play tennis about twice a year. He already got a big win over Rafa, so he's probably <laughs> done for the year. Um, yeah. So if Dominic team beats Novak and then he meets Federer or Rafa or Wawrinka uh-huh. or even, you know, Sissipas in the final, that's a big ask. That's a big ask to beat. Novak and then turn around and have to beat Federer or Rafa because that's more than likely that's how it would play out so just Mm. just simple um you know history lesson 
would tell me that the winner of this tournament will more than likely, I would say, with about 98% safety, accuracy, whatever you want to call it, that the winner of this tournament mm-hmm. will be Rafael Nadal or Novak Djokovic, and they probably will play each other in the end. Wow. So one last question about the Open. Um, our boy, Francis. Yeah, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm so pissed yeah. off at Francis. Listen. Francis, 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 Francis. He <laughs> changed his name to Frankie. He didn't change his name to Frankie. He, Maybe that's why yeah. he's playing that way. His name is Francis. Go ahead. He is he's mentally weak, bottom line. That's it. He doesn't have a kill shot, yeah. but that's okay because he has stamina for days. He's so incredibly fit, um, and he has good variety. However, he is Uh-oh. just not mentally there. He's young. He's only 20 or 21 years old. He's young. So there's time to develop that part of his game. Um, I think because he's been around and been doing well for so long, we forget how young he is. Um, but sure. he has got to do something with his mental status. He is. He should not be losing in round one. Of majors, he just right. should not. Um, his opponent, we knew that it could be tricky, but he's the better player. He should have won. So I right. just really think it's a mental hurdle that he has got to find some way to climb. Oh my God, it's so frustrating. I want an American man to cheer for so bad that isn't mm-hmm. a Trump fucking supporter. And <laughs> he just he uh, he's got to oh, he he he's just got to do better. He just has to do better. He has to be consistent. Let's pray for him. Um, yeah, let us pray, <laughs> dear Lord. We are gathered here tonight to pray for Francis Tiafo. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! No Amen. Yeah. All right. Sam. Amen. I know we have a lot to talk about next week, so I'm gonna let you get your beauty rest and let you continue on to your first open cover. So tell the audience when to catch a show on YouTube with the rest of the Real Tennis Fans game. So we are um, usually live during the um, French <clears throat> Open. Well, any Grand Slam. Yeah. You can probably, you know, I wish I could say that we do it every Friday night or whatever, but we don't because we all have lives and day jobs and we don't do this professionally. But you can follow me on Twitter and I will tell you when it's going to be. <laughs> I am at JLR78. And I promise you that it would be lots of fun. And you can catch up on past shows on YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, wherever you get your tennis news. Coolness. Thanks a lot, sis. We'll holler next week. Ciao, ciao. All right, peace out. That's my girl, Janina Reed. Please check out her podcast with the Real Tennis Fans Podcast Gang on YouTube. It's freaking hilarious and very informative and infotaining, if you will. So check it out. So now we're going to talk NBA playoffs and news to the finals to two of my buddies here. Uh, from the Weekend Adjustments Radio Show, my boys Kevin McCune and Gerald and Gerald Singleton are in the house. Fellas, it's been too long. How you guys doing? Hey, Scott. 
Hi, hey, Kevin. Jared, Hi, how are you guys doing? Hey, Jared. I'm, I'm glad Jared's <laughs> here because uh, now I get to give all my uh, – um, I get to I get to have rebuttals to all my uh, all my hot takes here. Nice. Well, let's get to it, brother. Um, it's been a while. So, first of all, before we get to it, Kevin, how's fatherhood treating you? I mean, it's been great, man. Um, uh, yeah, it's the best job in the world, uh, being a dad. Um, right. Little guy is – just turned seven months uh, this past week, and nice. um, just yeah, I just love all the smiles, and he um, just the uh, things that, when he learns things so quickly, it's just such a joy. Like he's rolling over now, he's starting to um, just get a lot more interactive and communicative, and uh, so yeah, it's been it's a blessing, and um, yeah, it's been awesome. Are you oh, sleeping? Man. I'm glad to hear it. Am I sleeping? Yeah, no, actually. We've been pretty fortunate, really, since he was two months old. We've been getting to sleep through the night most nights. I mean, that was nice. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. so he's been he, – he's like the easiest baby. I don't uh, – we've just been blessed. Like I said, he only really cries if he's hungry or needs a diaper change. And like I said, he's been sleeping through the night since he was two months old. So, yeah, it's been – it's been it's, – it's been easy, and I know that's not what most parents say. So, we, we're spoiled. definitely thankful for that. <laughs> we are. He spoiled us for sure. He spoiled us. Oh man, because I, I remember, but my son is nine now. He turned nine in January, and it took him probably four or five months for us to go my wife and I to consistently sleep through the night. So yeah. you are you are lucky. You are spoiled in a good way, and I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. It's the best club to be in. My, my wife, my wife's gesturing. Uh, my wife's gesturing, saying it's because of me. She said I set him on a schedule. Yeah, make sure you say it's because <laughs> of, of me. Of course. So, yeah, props you to her. Props, right? you got, of course, got to get the woman That's props. right. Um, let's get to it, brothers. Um, before we get to the NBA Finals, I want to recap, because we hadn't talked throughout the NBA Finals, so I want to recap real quick the Conference Finals, if you will. We're going to start in the Eastern Conference, y'all, because the Raiders didn't show it, unfortunately, but I guess because they didn't count Toronto as a market. But I thought that the, the, the Eastern Conference Finals was very entertaining. I thought that it was oh, obviously super entertaining. Was coming out party. Huh? It was super entertaining. It was probably one of the better Eastern Conference finals I've seen yes. in a while. Yes. So well, LeBron, just, LeBron just, just, not being in it probably. But, well, let's start with you, Jared. Um, so, with a more or less the, like Kawhi showing everybody he's a superstar or with a more or less, uh, Giannis being exposed for not having a, an adequate jump shot. I mean, was he really exposed? I think everybody kind of knew that. That that was the entire. I mean, that was the entire theory behind Mike Budenholzer's offense was I'm going to put four guys at the three point line, open up the lane, and let the biggest freak of nature in the NBA. Yes, more more so of a freak of nature than LeBron. Uh, we're going to let him just drive the basket and win us games. So that worked right. out well until the playoffs. I mean, it worked out well in the you know first few rounds as well. Um, right. But once you get into the Eastern Conference Finals, now you're playing. And not to have semblance of a jump shot, you're not going to have that semblance of a jump shot. You got to knock down your free throws, man. Wasn't knocking down his free throws right. in a good enough clip. So it's it's unsurprising that Giannis 
performed. I mean, it's not that he performed well. He, he was a plus player, but he wasn't his usual self. I guess you can say his numbers weren't as as gaudy as they had been. And I think it speaks a lot to spoke a lot to the adjustments that Nick Nurse and the coach staff made with Toronto and started packing his defenders in the lane and just mm-hmm. daring the shooters to beat them, which to mm-hmm. which seems counterintuitive given the first two rounds. But it worked. I mean, they it, it helped that that they yeah. It also helped that they they put Kawhi on on the Greek freak as well. I think that helped a hell of a lot too. Um, so mm-hmm. Kevin, give, like, give me your take on, on what happened like in the Eastern Conference Finals to just piggyback on what Jared was saying. Yeah, I mean, well, through the first two games, really the Eastern Conference Finals, I thought you know it was, it was kind of cool how the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals were mirroring mirroring excuse me each other. In that you know the Blazers were getting out to an early lead and uh, Toronto's getting out to an early lead, but eventually Golden State, Milwaukee would chip away and come back. And so, really, I was I was in I don't know if it's the majority of people after two games. Number one, I was surprised that it was two old Milwaukee, but number two, I thought that the series series was over um, until Scott right. made the adjustments yeah, on defense, yeah. like you said. Um, and yeah. as much as you know, as much as it's been made about Giannis being exposed, I think. Um, to a greater extent, you know, Milwaukee's auxiliary pieces like Chris Middleton, those complimentary guys, Chris Middleton, George Hill, like their games there in the last four games, like they, they fell off. Like they were, they, they stopped right. hitting shots, like, you know. And so I think as much as Giannis has to shoulder the load of those losses, I mean, he's the face of Milwaukee. He's the star, you know, he's uh, the LeBron-esque guy that's there. Um I mean, he just stopped getting help. I mean, once they zeroed in on him, those shooters were missing shots. And that, so um, the plan worked for, to perfection for Toronto. Uh, I think all along, like going into the series, I thought Toronto was the better team as far as their roster makeup. I thought, you know, Milwaukee sure. was really Giannis and a bunch of, of role guys. And then Toronto is, I think, as well of a built team that is currently constructed in the NBA right now. So, I was I was surprised that it was 2-0 Milwaukee, um, and I think because of Toronto's talent, I'm not I wasn't incredibly surprised that they were able to come back and do what they did and right the ship the way that they did and end up dominating uh, the series in the final four games. I, my you know biggest what, thing was I was just shocked with Milwaukee because Milwaukee had only lost two games in a row one, twice this season and had think, lost three right. games in a row once. zero times this season. Was it yep. once? Mm-hmm. Okay, it was yeah, one. I, I, it was I apologize. One. I, my number was wrong there, but I mean that's still that just makes my that that just furthers my point. Like, mm-hmm. What what to speak on what Kevin was saying with with the the defensive adjustment after game two? Yeah, you're right. But the defensive adjustment is also what caused all of the shooters around Giannis to go quote unquote cold. Toronto mm-hmm. is probably the longest team in the league. I mean, I don't I. I just yeah. thinking off the top of my head, you would have to think they're the longest team in the league. And I'm not getting ahead of myself. That's going to get Golden State trouble. I know, like I said, mm-hmm. not getting ahead of myself. But that's that's why they were able to recover so well and have probably best or second best defender on the planet going against a guy that can actually match his size kind of-ish. Shorter, smaller, but I would have to say probably as strong. And Kawhi Leonard yeah. going against Giannis. Yeah, and, and potentially, I mean, arguably the best defender in the league, you know, the, for a guy that can right. guard, you know, all five positions on the court. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I, you know, I so, so you know what, guys? I, I was going to mm-hmm. say that when Kevin mentioned that when Toronto went down 0-2 to when they went down 0-2, I thought it was mm-hmm. 0-2. I, I, I pulled up Paul Pierce mm-hmm. and prematurely called a series <laughs> for the favor of the Bucks just to see Toronto just walk them down and lap them in the end. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think, I mean, and, and to y'all's point, both y'all's point, Toronto is just so damn long. They're such they're a great defensive team. I mean, you think I mean they mm-hmm. have Mark Gasol, who's a former defensive player of the year. You have uh Siakam, who's very long and that's a defensively. You have Will be will be a defensive player of the year. Yeah. I mean, so you have a bunch of great defensive defensive players and yeah. not, some players some of those same players are not that bad on offense either. And you just so I guess it shouldn't have been a surprise that Toronto was, was able to successfully make the adjustment the way they did. But it was just it was just breathtaking because you see Toronto again being down 0-2, again the way they lost the first two games, mm-hmm. just come back and lap Milwaukee down and beat them four straight was just nothing short of uh, remarkable, you know. So yeah, and, and um, yeah, it really was their defense. I mean. I'm sorry, uh, I was just saying, you mentioned Gasol, former defensive player of the year. Leonard's a former defensive player of the year. And then Danny Green and Serge Ibaka, I think, have both made, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they've both made multiple all-defensive teams. Mm-hmm. And, and Siakam, yeah, you're probably right about that. If the all-defensive uh, teams have been announced yet, because I, I haven't seen them, I don't think. I don't think so. I know the, the yeah, regular the first, NBA third, second, and third teams. Yeah, but, I mean, I would have to assume this year that Siakam's got to be on one of those teams. Like he's got right. you know, right. Jerry, we might want to get you in a better spot so we can hear you, brother. Sorry, my bad. Without Siakam, they're not in the finals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, I can agree with that. he's arguably been, you know, he's a top three player for him this year, for sure. After, you know, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. Leonard and, and Lowry as far as overall importance. But, yeah, he's his emergence has been has been huge for them. Thank you for not talking about well, Lowry because I know his numbers haven't been great, but man, defensively, defensively, I know he's small, but man, he's, he's, he's so smart, and you you don't have to you don't have to hide Kyle Lowry on somebody, which is really nice of a right. small point guard. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean he, he I mean, did well in this finals. I thought. Yeah, I thought he did really well in the, in the conference finals, and he did pretty. I thought he he got he had a good playoff so far. It's totally not it's totally different from the last previous uh, seasons, right? And as far as he and, and DeRozan were there together, but uh, in the Western Conference, I mean, the way Golden State just dominated Portland, we I here I was thinking that it was going to be a six or seven game series, and then mm, the, no, not the a chance. Portland. I know, right? And then, and then the way they played since they lost Kate, Kevin Durant to a calf injury. I still think it's it's, it's an Achilles, but it's not a hit on there. But they say calf injury, so we'll say calf injury. Um, is it? And this has been bandied about all throughout sports talk media, on on like on social media. Are the Golden State Warriors really better without KD in terms of allowing them to do what they do with the ball movement and everything else? Or it's just a matter of just them just stepping up the games and and just making up for lost time in KD's absence. Like uh, like before like, you uh, guys Jared, answer, I'll, 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 you. 
Before you guys answer, well, here's the question I have. Yep. Are they better without oh. KD? Okay, that's a great question. But think to yourself, are they really worse without KD? That's the oh, question yeah. I want you to think about because if you can genuinely say that they're worse without KD, that doesn't mean they're not better with him, without him. You know what I mean? That you can have one A and one B. You can have fifty. You can have two sides of the same coin. You don't have to, you know. Say, there, there's not a definitive answer here. But if you want to go by the numbers, yeah, without KD, they're thirty-three and one in their last thirty-two games, hmm. and that's including these playoffs where they just completely tore through Houston without him. And I mean, I don't think anybody in their right mind thought that Portland was going to win this series. Now, I was. In the minority here, I thought they'd take one game at home. I thought Portland did, but that didn't that didn't come out to you know come to be. But <laughs> I'm not. I don't want to throw a, a million numbers out on this because I've, I've done some pretty pretty hard looking into it. Without Kevin Durant, the point differential with Durant off the floor and having just Curry on the floor. Now this, without going too terribly deep into it, this takes in their offensive rating and their defensive net rating, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. They're 11.5 points better with just Curry than they are with Curry and Durant. Now that doesn't mean their offense is any better. That means their offense might be a tick better, which it's actually a tick worse, but it's their defense that gets a lot better. So they're um, mm. allowing a lot less points per game or their defensive net rating, they're allowing a lot mm. less while their offensive rating doesn't dip that much. So the point differential is that, is, is that big. So are they worse off without him over an 82 game set? Yes. They're worse without Kevin Durant over a 16 game set. That's it's hard to say that they are or are not. I think my opinion on it, um, and I'm, I'll wear my Cavs fandom on my sleeve here. I mean, my opinion on it is the Warriors went and got Durant to guarantee the fact that they would win in the finals. They didn't care about beating, you know, their 73-game win record. Uh, they, they could get to 73 games without Durant, and they did. Uh, but what they wanted to do was, you know, win four games in the NBA finals. And I think I think Durant, once you get to the finals, having it, having Durant, I think, makes you better in the finals. Um, yeah, I will sure say yeah. this, um, to Jared's point, I think not having Durant allows some of the guys, mainly, namely, uh, Draymond Green, to, uh, to play more, I think, more completely within their game, within their element, more freely. I think, and to an extent, Steph Curry as well, I think when Durant's not on the floor, more is going to be asked of Draymond Green, more is going to be asked of Steph Curry than if he wasn't, excuse me, than if he was on the floor. Um, so I think, I, I do think that certain guys maybe step up and play better. And we see that, um, you know, kind of uh, loose, free, uh, freestyle fun play that we saw from them when they won that, the, those 73 games in 2016. Um, but I think ultimately, I think I would be, I would be hard pressed to say any team is better without Kevin Durant. I'm I am yeah, with I you think... there. I am very hard pressed to say that. The, the last time, when was the yeah. last time there were two two former MVPs on one team that were still kicking <laughs> it like in the prime of their careers? I would have to mm-hmm. say Scott. I think you know this answer. I would say Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. I mean. 
I was going to go back even farther. I was going to go with the Lakers having Kareem and Magic. Yeah. Or you could say you could say the, the Celtics with Bird and McHale and. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, but but back to but back to the point. You you lose Durant. Yeah. Durant needs Durant needs touches every game. How many shots? I don't know. I I should have looked this up. I don't know how many shots he takes per game, but we'll say it's 20, 20, 20 shots a game. I don't I don't know how correct that is. Those twenty shots have to be dispersed elsewhere, and you have two of the most lethal shooters in NBA history that are now getting more shots apiece. Yep. Like the, those those shots go somewhere, yep. and I'm they're not going to Kevon Looney. All right, they're they're people uh, <laughs> might get a, a fair share, but like let's be honest with ourselves, they're going to the other three best players on that team, and now you're just taking a fifty percent three point shooter, and you're giving him four, five, six more, so now he's scoring six, eight, ten more points. Like it, it's not hard to see where they get quote unquote better without you know Durant on the floor, but. You're, you're you're trying to fill those minutes, and in the finals, that's going to be a lot tougher than I think people are wanting to give it credit for because, man, Toronto is not going to back down. It, I, they might have right. in the in the past because right. they got Danny Green, they got Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard now, and that that's an entire different story. You got two guys from the Spurs system, regardless of how much. Kawhi didn't want to be there or whatever. He still cut his teeth there, and those two guys have won championships with Tim yep. Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker. Like, they know how to do this. Now it's mm-hmm. their turn to lead the team, and it's not going to be as easy for Golden State as four or five games. Honestly, this is going to be a seven-game series, and if you told me I had to put money on one or the other, I'd have to sit and think long and hard and just pray that Durant came back and wasn't himself. Well, this is why I always said that Kevin Durant was a luxury. Is a luxury. It's like yes, Golden State – Without go without KD, they're still that seventy three win team that was a Draymond Green suspension away from winning three straight titles, well four straight titles rather. Um, and debatable, but go ahead. You know, they could, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, I just saying, I yeah, mentally yeah, shook my head. But... They're still good. They're they're still a great team, and they're they're showing it. It's just that the rent makes them unbeatable. You know, they got the rant right. because they wanted to beat LeBron. That's, that's why they got the rant in the first place. That's why uh, right. Jim I, Green allegedly cried in his car asking KD to come. Um, <laughs> right, and so that's I mean, I know we're going to. I, I know we're going to break down the finals here in a second, but just uh, to to get my last point in on this, like, it, say this is yeah, a seven game series, like Jared, Jared's saying, this potentially goes seven. So let's say. Durant's injury, let's say he can't come back. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, we've talked about him being, you know, former defensive player of the year, one of the best defenders in the NBA. For seven games, as a Warriors fan, are you more afraid of, uh, you know, or, you know, I guess let's put it this way, as a Toronto fan, are you more confident if Kawhi has to guard Draymond Green for seven games or if Kawhi has to guard Kevin Durant for seven games? For some reason, uh, I think he's to be honest with garden, you, I'm more uh, nervous with the Garden Greens. I would think he would guard uh, Clay Thompson. I would no, think he's Thompson not going to guard Clay. Uh, Clay's a spot so? shooter. That's easy. That's easy work for Kawhi. Yeah, that's yeah. that's I, too easy. That's Danny Green's assignment. Okay, okay, it's fair enough. Fair enough. But Sorry, what, Draymond, exactly what Kevin said. He's well, a spot-up so, shooter. He doesn't move. Right. 
I was going to say, like, Draymond Green, he's he's been playing very well. He's been bringing up the ball. He's like a point forward. So I would think to – to I, I think I saw with you guys and think that he'll probably end up guarding – he being Kawhi or end up guarding Green more than anybody. I think because he's like he's like been the catalyst of their of their run as well. If, if you want to be honest about it. Oh yeah, I mean no, his play in the in the Western Conference Finals was huge, and that that's what I was saying earlier. I think I think when Kevin Durant is on the game, I think naturally Draymond Green's game shrinks a little bit. But I you know, but I think that's a an easy price to pay for for one of the best players in the world. Before we move so, on to the finals, because this has kind of dictated a lot of finals talk, Damian Lillard and yeah. C.J. McCollum carried the Blazers to the finals. And yeah, as Cantor, like that entire Portland team, granted they went out and four games they just bowed out and said, we're done here. You can't, you can't take that away from them. Like that was a fantastic – everything broke right too. They got on the right side of the yeah. bracket. Everything happened right for them. Mm-hmm. But you can't take it away. They they all play, they no. both played fantastically and I I can't get over McCollum just drilling a shot at the buzzer again mm-hmm. in Paul George's mm-hmm. face. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. such a bad McCollum, shot, but bye-bye. it went in. Yeah, I think bye-bye. I think McCollum really bye-bye. stepped bye-bye. up. <laughs> that was that was, that was an awesome saying, moment when he bye bye them. That's right. So, so we're clear, Jared. Yeah. You're saying that Myers Leonard is not a quality uh, third scoring option on a team with the uh, finals aspirations? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I, I think that's the case. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So um, they did go over the hump, so I'm happy for the Trailblazers. So we'll see what they do next year. So you guys, both of you guys, I heard, I heard Jared, I heard you say Golden State in seven in the finals, correct? And I think I heard Kevin say seven as well. Is that correct, fellas? Well, I was I was just speaking to to Jared saying seven. I was, that, yeah. I was, okay. I was just hypothetically. Yeah. Okay. So I just need I, to know I, what I just I, need to know about Durant. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. I think that would be key. I think that'd be key for for anybody. Series, I don't think he's playing the series. I really I don't think he is. I don't think he will be. It, now Cousins may be playing, but I don't think KD is going to play at all. I think he's done. Do you think it's Do you think it's wholly, and I'm not trying to be tinfoil hat guy here, but do you think it's wholly related to the injury and not necessarily having anything to do with free agency plans? Like Durant, oh, I, injury. Think, I, I, I don't. You don't. You don't buy into the uh, the onion the onions uh, article this past week of uh, employee uh, using up sick <laughs> days before he uh, before he leaves company. No, I don't. I, I don't. I really don't think that because it, that that's a completely no-win situation for Durant. Imagine right. if Golden no, State kidding. wins without him. Come on now, like that's a no-win situation. <laughs> but to speak on what you guys were saying, like with like, or kind of what I said and what you guys followed with the injury and everything like that, five thirty-eight did proje- projections. All right, they did projections yeah. with Durant missing the first two games. And then coming back, they did Durant missing the first four games and then coming back. And then they did Durant missing the entire series. All three times, Mm. Toronto rated out better in a seven-game series. Mm. Now, that's just with uh, – there's an entire huge article on it. You can go and read it, like I said, 538. It's on ESPN.com. You can't miss it. It's enormous. But it's it's just so filled with information and stuff like that. But reading that – when I saw that, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you you can't discount what they're doing. But, again, 
there's just something to be said about championship pedigree. And, yeah, Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard have it, but so do Clay Thompson and so does Steph Curry and so does Draymond Green and so does the entire <laughs> Golden State Warriors team. Right, right. Yeah, so I, yeah, I no. so I, I'm going to stick my, my prediction in right quick. I, I want to pick Toronto. Yeah. I really, 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 really want to pick Toronto uh, because I like – can't, can you? Great defensively. I, I sure can't. Uh, but <laughs> – I got to go to state in six. I got to go to state in six. It won't shock me if it goes seven, but I got to go to state in six. I'm a, a, I'm sorry. Seven? I just I, just, I, I, I went down on y'all. I'm sorry. I couldn't do it. I no, no. It. Hey. I, <laughs> no, yeah. I I think I have a feeling where Jared's going to go. Maybe I, I, I might be wrong, and, and, and perhaps it gives me a little bit more confidence to go there myself. But I honestly think, like Jared was saying, and I think like you had – said already Scott like everything hinges on Durant if Durant really I think if Durant's out the first two games and if Toronto's able to take you know uh take advantage of home court yeah I I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna you know jump jump the gun or whatever whatever you want to call it. I mean I'm gonna go Toronto um uh, if, mm. Durant okay. play. Uh, if and, Durant's out the entire series I'm going Toronto too Kevin but I can't I can't guarantee that yeah, and I'm just saying, I'm saying if he's out, you know, first few games, if he if he can't, if Durant can't get back by game, I'll say game three, game four, I'm I'm going Toronto. Um, I think if you, if you look at Toronto, and of course, like Fred Van Fleet's not going to shoot 82 percent from three like he did in the final, but uh, three games sure. of the Eastern Conference Finals. But if you look at Toronto, I really think this is the best bench that Golden State is going to have to face in, in their finals runs. I don't think Cleveland ever had a bench that could rival what Toronto has. I mean, Cleveland had the gerontology gang there for, you know, all those years with LeBron, you know, Channing Frye, Kyle Korver, Richard Jefferson, guys coming off the bench that were probably icing their knees three or four hours after the game was over. Um, But Toronto's got (laughs) – The geriatric club. That's right. That's right. Toronto's got a young team. Van Fleet is is as talented a backup point guard. Oh, he's he's, just a bulldog mentality. Yeah, exactly. On yeah. defense, as there is in the league, and um, so between Van Fleet, but I mean Serge Ibaka is is coming off the bench for them. You know, we're talking about a guy that himself has made all defensive teams. Um, he's a menace when he's on the floor. Uh, but he's got forgotten how to the, shoot the three in the in the uh, postseason. Well, yeah. But still, just having him come off the bench, though, having he's going to have a beef against Golden State because you know KD left his OKC team uh, to go join up with them. Right. Um, but when you just look at all these guys, Norman Powell, um, if they get Anobe uh, back from injury, uh, Toronto's bench is is so much deeper than anything the Warriors have faced, and I would say that just as much as anything when they were able to dominate the Cavs in three out of the you know the four series to play them. Um, the bench out more than anything is, is what really propelled Golden State head and shoulders above Cleveland because, you know, they had guys right. like David West, they had guys like Sean Livingston, all these guys that were able to contribute, um, you know, off the bench. Um, McCall, who is they don't have that this year. Toronto's bench. No, they don't. And you look at their bench this no. year, it's a lot of younger guys. Um, they don't have the experience that they've had in the past. Um, so, I, you know, I think if, if we're looking just at the roster makeup, I think, of course you're going to give the edge to Golden State with the starters, possibly even without Durant, because you're still putting three all-stars out, out front with, you know, Curry, Thompson, and Green. But when you look at the entire makeup of the roster, I really like what Toronto has. And I really like 
um, you know, you just look through the start. I mean, Gasol, um, Jared's guy, Siakam, uh, Green, Leonard. I mean, I think this is a, a complete a team that Golden State is going to see and more complete than uh, Cleveland was ever able uh, to, you know, to put on the floor against them. Um, so that's why I, I think I do think it hinges on the Durant injury, but I, I if he has to miss, you know, the first three four games, I'm going Toronto. Uh, I'll I'll say Toronto and I'll say seven because I don't want to be uh, so bold <laughs> as to say Toronto and six. So. Kevin, you mm, took your wow. you, you took your LeBron hat off. Hey hey man, you know I, if I have to if I if I if I have to put it on, I'll say this. I think. Kawhi, if you look at it right now, leading uh, the NBA in, in uh, points per game, shot attempts, uh, two-point uh, shot and two-point um, field goal percentage throughout the entire playoffs. Who does that sound like? It sounds like, you know, LeBron, you know, most playoffs. So I think uh, I he's the most LeBron. Sometimes. Every one of his numbers is less than what LeBron's was last year across the board. Oh, boy. But, uh, I think if there's a player, a player left – uh, in these finals, that's most like LeBron. Kawhi, Kawhi's been, to some degree, he's been a Warriors killer throughout his career. Um, you know, early mm-hmm. on, and um, going back to was that 2017 Game One when Zaza stepped on his foot. Who knows how that series would have went? Um, they were yeah, up 23. Uh, to, they were up 23 points. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but right, yeah, exactly. So I, yeah, for all those reasons, yeah, I'm I'm gonna like I said, I'll pick Toronto in seven, but won't be so bold as to say Toronto in six. Speaking of LeBron, we'll get you guys out on this. What the hell is going on in Land? <laughs> I mean, y'all heard about what's going on, like what the expose ESPN did about uh, former Lakers coach. We'll assume that's Luke Walton. Said, ask themselves what the f is going on around here. Uh, about like what Magic Johnson calling Rob Palenka. I'm paraphrasing it, but pretty much call him a snake. Uh, Rob Palenka also being a liar, compulsive liar, not being well liked around the league. LeBron is probably wondering what the hell did I get myself into. So, we'll close on this, uh, Jared, and I'll have you follow up, Kevin. Can the Lakers get themselves out of this mess? Can the Lakers, led by Jeannie Buss, and, and for some reason, uh, uh, the Rambis family, who somehow has a say, can they get out of this mess, or is this or is this going to be like a mom and pop circus for the next two seasons, or remaining good seasons uh, of LeBron's career, for that matter? Will the Cincinnati Bengals ever win a Super Bowl with Mike Brown owning the team? Oh. Well, no. I, so. that, I mean, that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! No, and in all honesty, it's the same thing. It's a mom and pop shop, like you said. It's I've I've argued this about the Bengals, and I'll argue it about the Lakers. The Lakers just have the Laker brand behind them that the Bengals don't have. The Lakers are a mom and pop shop that's now on to the second generation, just like the just like Cincinnati Bengals are, and the second generation is destroying what was a great thing. You know, it's that's that's the best way I can put it. You, you've got the Lakers and the Bengals draw a lot of parallels. Both families that own the team don't have money interest outside owning their professional sports team. So right. their money is right. involved in Lakerland and Bengaldom. That's it's everything is involved in just this team where, so they're not, they're going to run it like a family owned business like they are because for them, it's a business, not a hobby. Whereas 
all the other teams, this is a hobby for them. Just look at what the Cowboys do. It's in Jerry's world. He's blowing money left mm-hmm. and right because it's it's what he wants to do. It's not his livelihood. So my answer to this is until the Lakers are sold, they will not win another title. I don't care who's on the team with them. Damn. Damn. How about you, Kev? Uh, well, I'll, I'll be brief, and it's, you know, I want to try to separate my LeBron fanboy hood him, whatever you call it, <laughs> um, uh, from reality here. And, um, and I'll say I'm not a Lakers fan. I've always hated the Lakers. But I honestly, I think, I think everything Jared said has merit um, as far as the front office being a mess. I do think the Lakers, though, are maybe one key guy saying that they want to join LeBron away from from riding the ship. And I think there has to be other other dominoes that fall into place. I think Kevin Durant has to decide that he wants his own team and go to New York or um, wherever else he yep. might go. But then I think, uh, and Scott, you're a New York guy. So I think Kyrie just bought a house in Brooklyn, an orange something. I don't, yeah. I don't know if you know the neighborhood. Please go, please go to the Nets. Please go to the Nets. Don't say that. The Nets. Like, what's happening with Beal? No. <laughs> um, but um, I, I, right now, everyone's saying Kyrie's number one choice is the Nets, and then I've heard that the Lakers are a number two option. If Kyrie, you know, I don't believe that for whatever reason, <laughs> yeah. If if he if he wants to swallow his pride so much to the point that he re-ups with LeBron, which seems like a fantasy land or if they're able to convince the Hornets that they have the best package that they're willing to offer the four pick and along with, I don't know, Kuzma ball Ingram, you know, some, some monster offer that they had reportedly made during the season. If, if maybe, you know, new Orleans wants to bite in an AD ends up in LA. I, th- I think there's, there's so many things that can happen in the off season, but I really think the Lakers are maybe an AD or Kyrie or even a Jimmy Butler. If, if he decides to go out there, away from from at least being in contention. But, again, other things have to happen. Like I said, namely Durant has to decide to leave the Warriors, and then uh, the Lakers have to luck out and, and convince somebody to join uh, what is a train wreck in the front office. Well, you know what, girls, we're going this, – this, this, this Lakers saga is going to go on all offseason, all summer, especially like with free, the hottest free agency. I, just, I agree with y'all. I don't see – I, I don't see the Lakers coming out of this, dude. I, I don't see the Lakers coming out of this. And, I mean, who, they're about to get absurd by the Clippers. <laughs> Especially if Kawhi decides to head out that way, which all signs point to. And we'll get to more mm-hmm. of that, I guess, in the next couple of weeks. Especially the week after the finals with free agency starts to pick up. Well, is I think it, it's isn't Gary West running the Clippers? I think L.A.'s a wrap. Yes, he is. What's that now? I think he's going to the Clippers. I think he's the Clippers. Yeah, so they've got they've got better management they, right now. That's for sure. Well, they got everything better, Lakers. Like, I never thought I'd hear myself <laughs> say ten years ago. So it is what it is. But thank y'all. Hey, y'all. Let's 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 just talk more playoffs in the next couple of weeks. How's that sound? Sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's been fun. All right, you got it. All right, guys. thank you. Peace out. Uh, that's the, those are my guys, Kevin McLean and Jared Singleton from the Weekend Adjustments Radio Show. Those are my buddies. I sometimes co-host a show with them every now and again. But uh, good stuff for NBA playoffs. But thank you all for tuning in to the podcast. Thank you also to – thanks also to uh, Janina Reeves, who helped me break down the French Open. She'll be back next week as well. This is Scott Burks with the Clown Hour. Signing out.
Oh, six. Nice.